It's the Horrorphoria Podcast. Don't touch that dial. Andy Gilly and John Richards are your hosts of this weekly podcast to rate and review horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorphoria Podcast. It is Thursday, January 7th of 2021. We are recording episode number 92, the 2020 remake of Castle Freak. That was from uh, 1995, broadcasting from our It's a Girl Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. It is. Uh, I was a, a bit surprised by that. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, uh, but I was. Yeah, we'll get into that. it. Mm-hmm. The difference between 1995 and 2020. Yes, there are some big differences. Cool. Did you do anything special over the New Year's? Uh, no, not really. Um Sarah went to sleep kind of early. I went over to the neighbor's house, uh, watched, uh, I found it rather funny. Uh, her, her daughter is like uh, 12, I think. And, uh, um, knew who you know this this artist comes on tv and uh she knew it uh, as megan the stallion you know who that is megan the stallion megan the stallion she knew who this was before the first like the person's name came up and i'm like oh well who is megan the stallion and she's like um she's like well she's like the junior cardi b (laughs) so obviously the girl listens to both the cardi b and this girl and she knew all the lyrics to this song her mom made her leave my neighbor her mom made her leave the room during the uh dance that this uh, Megan the Stallion was doing because it was too provocative. Okay. I'm like, the girl knows all the words to the song. <laughs> she knows who this artist is, so nice. um, I don't think you're protecting her from it. I, I used to listen to the 2 Live crew when I was 12, so... Um, oh, we, we all had yeah. that artist or multiple artists where they were just... Right naughty and filthy and everything exactly. like that so you know it's that generation anyway okay. that was the big thing that happened that i found entertaining on uh, new year's <laughs> eve that that was the extent of it i i hung out with uh you know some some kids in my neighbor my neighbor and her kids that's cool um <laughs> yeah I, I went to bed before midnight so you know old okay. guy here so you missed megan the stallion's performance i did i did unfortunately <laughs> um i, I could have tried to stay up for it uh, i also did something else special um and it was very, it was a huge honor to be a part of the 300th episode of oh, the yeah. Straight Chilling Podcast. Uh, I highly recommend everybody go listen to it if you haven't. It's episode 300. You'll find Straight Chilling Podcast anywhere you get your, uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, in memorum, uh, um, I did something I never thought I would do. And I went someplace I never thought I would go. But a hint was, is it was very, very warm. But I was very flattered that those guys had me on to represent the Horrorphoria podcast. We were also joined by the uh, Light and Dark podcast hosts, uh, Nicole and Anthony from Something Ghoulish. So it was a lot of fun. Go listen to it. We did a kind of a, <laughs> I, it'll spoil it, but go listen to it. And uh, again, I, I appreciate the appreciate those guys thinking of us and having us on to help them out with their 300th episode that was a great episode yeah you, you should definitely go and listen to it uh we do love those guys and uh that was a great 
great episode of theirs. For sure, yeah. We're going to be talking to Andy here in a couple of weeks. That's uh, right. Horror movie news. Okay, horror movie news. Jason Blum's 2021 doesn't seem to be getting off to a great start after battling COVID and having some kind of elbow problem, which required it to be drained in December of 2020. Blum attended a drive-in screening of Wally on Sunday night held in what seemed to be a pretty serious sto- snowstorm. I think he lives in New York. Okay. Uh, he promptly crashed his Tesla Model X on the way home in the snow. Uh, Blum's Twitter recounted these events. Blum and his family are thankfully okay. Uh, and uh, his there was pictures of his uh, red Tesla Model X, uh, which was pretty bashed up after the accident. Oh, no. It looked like it slid into a 25-mile-an-hour sign, so I'm not sure how fast he was going, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, yeah. Uh, you know, a Tesla Model X is a four-wheel drive car. I don't know. I, uh, <sighs> but uh, who knows what the circumstances were. But, um, yeah. Thankfully, uh, Blum and his family are, are just fine. Good. James Wan's Giallo horror film *Malignant* has received a rated R. Uh, is rated R by the MPAA. This would be for strong horror, violence, gruesome images, and for language. Uh, not a lot known about the new Wan film, other than it was written by Wan and his fiance Ingrid Bisu, who starred in *The Nun*. Mm-hmm. Um, not much of a surprise here, I guess. Giallo films are usually pretty brutal. Yeah, the imagery is like gory as heck. Uh-huh. I mean, just watch Suspiria. Well, that's why we like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Bloody Disgusting, Universal is putting out several of the top classic horror movies on YouTube for free. The 1931 Bela Lugosi Dracula and the 1932 Mummy will be available January 15th. Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein will be out January 16th. The classic Invisible Man. Uh, the classic Invisible Man, that is. Not, not the new one, obviously. And Wolfman. And Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. That one I've never seen uh, before. Before, uh, those will be out the 17th. That's awesome. Yeah. That might be a weekend cool. to actually kick back and watch some of those classics. Like, Absolutely. Like, I, and I've told you from the beginning of the podcast, I'm not a big fan of them, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's a little nostalgia there. So. Yeah, I love those movies. I think they're great. Uh, not, you know, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I'm not sure about that one. Comedy just doesn't seem to transcend uh, generations. So, uh, But, uh, you know, Wolfman's a great movie. I, I love uh, Lon Chaney in that. Uh, you know, it's been a while since I saw Invisible Man. Uh, Frankenstein is, is a classic, obviously. And the Bela Lugosi Dracula is really a pivotal film in horror history. Actually, I think it's it's uh, very important as far as the history of the way we perceive vampires these days. Uh, I actually talked that about that on Annie Gore's podcast That's what I was the other week. Say. Yeah, I, I would suggest if you want to hear an in depth conversation in regards to the Bela Lugosi Dracula. Go see or go listen to Horror and More with Anya Gore, the uh, Andy Gilly episode. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, we did we did discuss it, and, that, and it is a really great movie. Check it out on uh, YouTube if you haven't seen it for free. Uh, Zack Snyder made a Netflix zombie movie. Uh, he shared some stills from it this week. Army of the Dead will be Snyder's first zombie flick since the remake of Dawn of the Dead, which even I admit is a good zombie movie. Yes. Uh, this one is about a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas. Photos feature Bautista speaking to. I, th- I think it's Ella Purnell that he's talking to in this one. And then there's like a group shot of what I assume are like all of the heroes in some kind of military garb. I don't see the zombies in this, but uh, that's fine. Uh, it's billed as a zombie heist movie. Oh, okay. I kind of I like heist movies. I mean, have you six, uh, seen Six Underground with uh, Ryan uh, Reynolds? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, that's a pretty good one. I like that one. So we'll see. Um, Zack Snyder uh, Netflix zombie movie. Uh, and I didn't get the day it's coming out so i apologize for that but uh it no, is coming you'll, out. you'll see you'll see it pop up at the top of like when yeah. you load back oh is it already out 
No, no. Oh, I mean, okay. when it does come out, you'll yeah, see it like right at the out. top. Anything that's brand new will be featured right at the top of Netflix. Yeah, called Arm. Batista's in everything now. Yes, uh, and I like Batista. I think he does a good job in the stuff he's been in. So I think he could be the next Rock. Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Dwayne Johnson. Uh, so coming out sometime this year. It just says 2021. Uh, that's all I can get for now. So cool. All right. Um, I got lazy. Uh, I don't have any horror movie trivia. Do you? <laughs> I have horror movie trivia because. Uh, well, okay. The mid my horror movie trivia is the mid credit roll scene featuring a focus on a green glowing liquid in this movie is an allusion to another Lovecraft story. What would that be? I got really excited when I saw this in the movie, mm-hmm. and I know exactly what it is. That would be the reanimator. That's right. And do you know why I have this trivia question? Because you told me this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the only Did reason. you put it together because yeah. I told you? Yeah, I, I put it together. Well, I and I knew it had something to do with Lovecraft, and I wasn't quite clear on what it was, but well, uh, I didn't I didn't know it was reanimator last night. I was going to look I it up I guess that's today. kind of a spoiler, though. <laughs> I guess. Not really. I don't know. It's, it's not, it doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of it. All this. right, then let me finish yeah. the thought is that, yeah, you see the green sign, you see one of the characters come in at the end to an office, and you see the green vial where it's the reanimator, reanimator uh, liquid, and the guy looks at the other guy, you don't see his face, but he's in a doctor's coat, and he goes, West! Yep. As in reference to Herbert West. That's right. Reanimator. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was, <laughs> was pretty cool. I can't believe IMDB didn't even put that on there. That it was... That it was the reanimator. Yeah, oh, I, they 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 normally put like because they have yeah, all no they didn't no stuff. they didn't have any trivia like that on there. No, you're right. No, it's weird. Uh, so when he said West, he's talking to the professor. Uh uh-uh. oh, talking okay, to the guy in the so. in the lab coat. Oh, he's talking the to the guy in the lab coat. I, okay, yeah, I yeah. think that the professor was the one that, if you watched the reanimator. Was at the beginning of the movie where he gave him the the shot of he dies or something like that. And oh he yeah, first gives okay. and the guy like his heads explode or his eyeballs explode. Yeah, that, that? I, yeah that's I who I assume that was. That could that could very well be. Andy's chainsawed plot. Oh, you know what? I forgot to do the chainsawed plot, but um, make one up. Yeah, um, a uh, a woman uh, who is uh, blinded by her boyfriend's idiocy inherits a castle this time in Albania. Mm-hmm. And um, finds out that uh, her family history is a little bit messed up. Perfect. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. All right, here's a spoiler alert Sorry we're about talking that. about. Castle Freak from two, 2020. Came out just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. This is actually a remake of the 1995 Stuart Gordon movie, also called Castle Freak. Uh, Barbara Crampton was a producer on this movie. She does not appear at all. Um, we don't get to see Jeffrey Combs, which bummed me out. Uh, so if you have not seen this movie, go wa- pause the podcast, go watch it. We found it on Shudder, uh, and then come back to find out what we thought about Castle Freak from 2020. Mm-hmm. Andy, initial thoughts. Well, first of all, the first thing I want to say is this is a Fangoria movie, and I'm not like a cancel culture person, but we did say we weren't going to watch any Fangoria movies uh, I, I after the did, whole Adam Donahue thing. I did know that. Uh, I did it, notice that, and it, I went, oh boy. <laughs> so in August 2020, Tara Ainsley and uh, Abby Gole per- acquired Fangoria from Cinestate. 
Uh, it's now called Fangoria Publishing. And as of issue nine, they are the publishers of the magazine and owners of the brand. So that's changed hands. I'm not really sure about the movie side of, of Fangoria. I did see an article that described Donahue as the executive producer of this movie, like before when it was in pre-production. But on IMDb, he's not listed. Charles Band, who produced the 1995 Freak, and Bobby Campbell are listed as the executive producer. So, like I said, not a fan of cancel culture, but I think it should be said that this is a Fangoria movie from that era, from the era of Adam Donnie. Adam Donnie could have been involved, may still profit off this movie. You should be aware of that. Make your own choice about watching it based on that. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I am a fan of the original, but I think there is some uh, big nostalgia goggles on that. Uh, okay. I, don't, I, I, think, I think it's a solid horror film. Uh, I, th- I think there were more than a few times that, you know, I, I, I watched this in Carlo's basement. I remember watching it in Carlo's basement quite a bit. Nice. Uh, and it was because we couldn't decide what else to rent at Blocks. Buster chose the 1995 version of this film. Right. Um, and yeah, I think the original is still an okay horror film. I watched it in fall, I think, uh, before before I found out that this when I found out that this we was watched going out. you watched or had watched it before we kept talking. They, even back in 2019, we were talking uh, about doing it. Uh, maybe I watched it in 2019 then. Maybe yeah. it was fall of 2019 that yeah. I watched watched it, but. Um, you know, uh, there. I think it's been elevated by that, by my nostalgia. And then there's like this whole debate on the Flophouse podcast about the uh, whether the original freak ripped off his genitals or not. Mm. <laughs> you know, that be kind of came kind of a thing on the internet for a while. I guess he didn't, according to uh, Stuart Gordon. Ah. Uh, he had the definitive word on that. <laughs> but, uh, I, I think there's some sloppy writing here. I think John was maybe originally written as Claire's husband. He keeps saying our castle and we have a castle and the other characters say that too and and well no your girlfriend has a castle not you that's right um so i i either didn't understand that he was so i either didn't understand that he was so conceited that he thought it was what was hers was his or it was a leftover from previous version of the script i wasn't quite clear on that mm-hmm. uh the movie's a little long i think the best part of the movie is probably the last 20 minutes in the mid uh, credit roll scene yeah uh, I, I don't have the nostalgia for Castle Freak that you do because I did not watch it back into the mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually introduced it uh, to me by you. Okay. And I'd watched it twice. <laughs> First time I'm yeah. like uh, watching it in passing. I'm like, oh, this is kind of dumb. But I, when I actually got to sit down and watch it, yeah. I had a lot of fun with this, you yeah. know. And it's it's being a fan of Stuart Gordon and being a fan of... of um, Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's that was my nostalgia, you know, because this is like later down the line. This is like mid 90s when they were doing movies in the 80s and stuff like that. So they have, had established themselves uh, a great fan base. When I first started watching this, I kind of got excited because it almost felt like it was just kind of a modern twist. Not, not necessarily a, a scene by scene remake, but it kind of had that same same feeling of the beginning. Um, you know, of of this castle freak or, or, or in this person that that was deformed, being you know brutally beaten, uh, you know, kept in this in this prison of this castle by this you know strict Christian mother or mother figure, and if I, I liked that, I kind of liked where it was going, but then it kind of twisted a little bit, and. Then we got to modern times, and it just I lost me from there. Like you said, maybe the last twenty minutes is where it picked back up. But I mean, there, I, found, I found myself bored. 
Yeah, me too. At a, at a couple different spots in this movie. Yeah. And, um, and it was, it's one of these movies where I was looking at the uh, counter on the, uh, uh, I kept hitting the uh, counter to see how much was left of it. Because well, yeah. I, and like for me, it's just, if I'm really engulfed in a movie, I don't yeah. have to get up and do anything. I mean, I yeah. might have had too much water and like have to pee halfway through it or something. Yeah. But I found myself going, no, I'll just go get me another water, right. you know, press pause. Yeah, I actually looked for reasons to press pause uh, during some of these scenes. Oh, hey, I now, gotta go blow my nose. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, just pause and kind of absorb it. Yeah. Um, yeah this movie that, is that, what, like an hour and 50, hour and 45, I think. Yeah, about hour and, and that's about, I think, 15 to 20 minutes too long. And there's there's some places that things could have been cut here. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I just, I, I didn't like, I don't like the acting at all. I mean, okay. the, I didn't think only, all of the actors. I think one actor in particular did a bad job. No, but. I thought all of it. Well, I didn't. I I dislike saying bad, but it mm-hmm. it, it didn't interest me, with the exception of the Rebecca character. Yeah, so, I really liked it. I mean, so I yeah, thought it was. I thought it was good. The the you thought what was good? Rebe- the Rebecca character. Yeah, I, 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 I Oh no, I, I agree. Enjoyed, the Rebecca character. I enjoyed was her good. character like throughout the movie. I did enjoy her character too, but uh, you know, and and I don't. I shouldn't. I should be careful how I say this, but she really did a. I felt she did a bad job of acting uh, blind because she. Like, I did too. She looked. She like she set down a glass and looked at the. Uh, and I don't know. You know, maybe that's my own stereotypical perceptions of, of blind people that they just stare off. You know, into space all the time. That's probably wrong. I know some of some some people train themselves to, to you know look toward toward the people they're talking to and stuff like that. So I might totally be. Like be based on a stereotype that 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 perception, but it, it really like there was one scene in particular at the end when she's like running through a tunnel, and, uh, and you can tell she's like looking around, making sure she isn't tripping on things that she's yeah, running. You look down, wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah, and and there's just I, there was a bunch of scenes in the movie where I got the I I didn't have the uh, perception that she was blind at all. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, she was like looking at the person she's speaking to. She's like, uh, you know, looking around. Uh, uh, you can see your eyes moving and focusing on different things. So, and, and I also realize that that there's uh, different, you know, uh, levels of being blind, and that blind people don't just see blackness. You know, I get that. That uh, you know, but but you know, it's at one at that one point in the film, she asked what color the dress was. So I, I got the, you know, the impression that she wasn't able to perceive colors. Uh, well, ma- no, because she, she, she had, been, had been blind in what, like six months previous to that. Right. So she knew what red and blue was. Well, yeah, she knew, right. But, but she asks uh, John, the boyfriend, yeah, he what goes, color well, the dress she has well, on blue. it. Oh, it's blue. Like, yeah. And oh, he, it feels red. Right. It's like, you feel red? Yeah, right. You know, well, and, 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 and I get, like, that I got, like, the way she said it felt red or whatever. Um, I understand what, what, and he was trying to deny her, deny that she had that perception or whatever, you know, which is why he lied to her about it being blue. But, the fact was that she could not see well enough to know what color dress she was wearing. Right. Yet she's like looking over to put a glass down on, on a coffee table and she's like, well, she puts it down perfect and then she around. Okay, yeah. Sure. You know, and there, there was, there's just a bunch of scenes in this movie where she seems to have kind of forgotten that she's blind. I think there were too many characters in this. I, I think, cause we do have to make a comparison to the 1995 version because 
I, I like the dynamic of that the character that played Rebecca, where she played a daughter mm-hmm. in the original one. John was the dad who was Jeffrey Combs, right. and then um, Barbara Crampton played the mom. Right, and that's and that's why I get the feeling that there were some edits to the script that I think that John and and uh, Claire were married at one they time. Maybe they, no, they I even, think in some version of the script prior oh, to okay. this they were married. But yeah, in this movie they're not supposed to be married. They're they're not even like a fiance. They haven't even like yeah, don't even have plans to get married, right? They, yeah, because and I'm I'm I have to I have to compare it is you know the tension between the husband and wife in the first one and the boyfriend and the girlfriend they were trying to force that on us. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know because Jeffrey Combs's character was an alcoholic. He caused a car crash that caused his daughter to be blind. And and, and killed his son. And, and killed his son, yeah. yeah exactly. So there is a lot of animosity there, which is a really great dynamic in the first movie. Right. And I think comparisons to the first movie are absolutely fair in this case. Yeah. You know? uh, it's a different movie, but but they, you know, it, it, I think it's fair to talk about that. Yeah, and you're trying to recreate that that. It's not a tension, but it's a resentment that you have towards this person. Which because was, Rebecca had every right to be totally resentful to this guy, but she's also very dependent because she right. didn't have any family. She was right. adopted. She, you know, that's that was their excuse of her staying with this guy. Right. And, and yes, in the original film, that was one of the best things about the original film was like the uh, the anger and the mm-hmm. simmering under undercurrent of this accident and this guy's problem that he had mm-hmm. and how he was, you know basically unapologetic and something you know he goes and gets a hooker at one point in the first movie yeah uh, but yeah I mean he and and yes this John caused this accident that caused her to be blind so she's got enough reason to be angry and have animosity towards him but I didn't really sense any of that no, I didn't get any of that you, in this movie which was one of the greatest things about the first movie that yeah, that whole it, dynamic was really well done in the first movie well and he tries he tries to make a move on her like when they first get to the when they first get to the castle and they're in bed together and you know he's like you know hey you know you, you're always pushing me away are you ever gonna forgive me yeah you know and it's like no, dude. Yeah, right. Well, you know, like this accident's obviously his fault, and she's asked him not to drive. Or she asks him multiple times if he's okay to drive or whatever, yeah. and he ends up blinding her in this accident or whatever. Yeah. And and uh, y- you know, I I, I didn't I, when it, when when the next scene came and he was still with her, I was like, she's still with this d bag, yeah. <laughs> you know? and and then I did, but I didn't get like that there was this resentment that she had, except for yeah, he mentioned it in that scene. That's really the only the only place that I got it. I mean, he he was. He was saying when his friends show up, he's saying, you guys brought Coke and, you know, what did you guys do that for? She'll sense that, you know, and that was the only other thing that I really noted in the movie where there was any kind of consequence for the the act that he had. Right. Because you, you got the impression and I thought they did a pretty good job with this of, of because of what he did, you know, caused her to be blind, driving drunk and, and high and everything that, that he was uh, remorseful. That he had cleaned up his act. Yeah. And he doesn't do these kind of things. But, I mean, he's not even there a day, and he's asking this, um, what was his name? Uh, me, me, Marcos. Mark, Marcou. Marcou. Yeah, Marcou. Okay, yeah. so Marcou was the apparent 
realtor. Right. Like he he can get everything in the town. Right. So he asked uh, John asked Mark who of hey do you know anybody that can get me something to calm mm-hmm. down with so he gets a bunch of volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, right. that was kind of a cool scene when when the doctor showed up. Yeah. He called himself the doctor. The doctor. Because right. he had a black bag and everything, but it had like all these recreational drugs and you know gave him the volume and. And uh, this guy was like, like, hey, man, we I'm the party guy, man. We are going to party along. You know? And he wants to do heroin, so he does a bump of heroin, and Castle Freak finds him and puts, puts six syringes in his eyeballs and right. his chest. Right. So Right. And, and I, I, I did like the doctor character. I thought he was entertaining. It was, a, it was a fun character. I thought he died a little too quickly. And I thought his death wasn't all the greatest. No. It, it was... It was now, let me just preface this by saying Castle Freak should be gross. There should one of the things about the first movie is that it's gross, you know. There are some gross things in it and there's plenty of grossness in this in this movie which I commend it for. Sure. Uh, but you know, he kind of kind of pukes on his beard. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it looks like beard. pea soup or it looks like a uh, creep uh, cream corn. Right, exactly. And then he, like, I, I don't remember what else the freak did to me. I stuck the needle broke in his, his arm. arm. He broke his arm. That was it. A com- there was a compound fracture. And the compound fracture wasn't really all that great a compound fracture. Yeah, I, I've seen... sticking out a little bit. Yeah, it's just, it just it didn't really hit for me. I, I was, like, that... I, I remember thinking, oh, that's that's a pretty weak, weak kill, actually. He did play a character in the movie throughout, though. He was the dead guy that was sitting in the basement where Mark Hugh got thrown in later. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, uh, but I, I thought that character was a little bit wasted because I thought that he could have maybe had more to do with uh, with John's kind of, uh, you know, turn back to his old lifestyle or whatever. It didn't take him and, very long, did no, it? No, I really didn't. But, you know, I, I thought the character was a little bit wasted in the kill, which just wasn't all that. It didn't really hit. Right. You know, and, and yeah, it was a little bit gross, but it was, wasn't gross in the way I wanted to. It, it, it wasn't gross enough, maybe. It was too realistically gross. To, uh, you know, the vomiting into his beard was just... Um, not the kind of grossness I guess I was looking for. Yeah. I mean, you had a couple of scenes where you're like, ooh, okay, that was... Oh, cool. yeah. No, there was some good grossness in Here, this that, that, that here's, was Here's the problem I had with it. And you said that quite a bit of this could... Well, not quite a bit. That some of this been, could have been cut out. Mm-hmm. I thought that whole party scene could have been cut out. In the beginning? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's absolutely where I would have made most of my cuts if I was uh, editing this. And because not, you, not you, you got more character development when they got to Albania. And what was the reason for them coming there? They were supposed to help out. No, they just wanted to kick back and party and do drugs. Yeah, no, it was it was a really contrived reason for them to be there. And like the we saw the accident, you know, I thought yeah. that could have been cut out. Yes, this whole movie could start when they get to Albania, kinda, just like it did in nineteen ninety five. I kind of liked like if it started from like where he just you know was chugging down a bottle and they got into the car. They could have trimmed it, yeah. Where it was just kind of a swerve, and then they roll off, and because I like the I like the camera seat or the camera shot of her like kind of spinning around on her, and she's like, I can't see. Mm-hmm. And uh, John gets up, and he's really regretful and yeah. remorseful, and it goes up to her and just holds her, yeah. And she's crying. I I, I like that scene, but the whole party scene before that, because there was a bunch of nonsense being talked. Yeah, I'm no, talking it, about it was lizard people. Well, yeah, with the lizard people conversation, I, I was, uh, I was baffled by that too. I'm like, what, what, what does this have to do with anything? You know, it's just being weird for weird. Absolutely, I thought that could have been cut out totally. Oh, easy. Um, um, and you didn't, you didn't get a lot. Of, you, you're introduced to the professor, and I guess the whole point of that scene is just the professor is kind of a weird guy. 
Well, uh, and, and I didn't understand why he was hanging out with these people anyway. You know, he seemed like um, completely like a different person who wouldn't hang out with the with this group. You I think know? he's a little bit of a narcissist just because he's smarter than the room. <sighs> Maybe I, I'm not sure. And but. he can handle the bullying because, I mean, they would always they would just they wouldn't like physically push him around, but that was throw insults his way. But I did. Yeah. I mean, but this guy was the smartest guy in the room. He knew yeah. everything. He knew how to read Latin. He, <laughs> they brought back the necrom necromonica. Necron, yeah. Necromonica, whatever. <laughs> well, so that, that brings me to another point is that, you know, the, the horror community is small. I don't like to criticize the acting in this, these films very much. I mean, if someone does a good job, I mention it. If the acting is bad, I tend just not to say anything because there are a lot of factors that go into these movies that cause you to maybe not be able to cast true thespians, you know. Mm. Uh, and I, I don't really need that in horror. I can look past that. Sometimes it even lends a little bit of a charm to the movie to have like someone who's not that great an actor, you know. And usually, if I so usually if I don't have anything nice to say about horror movie acting, I don't say anything at all. But the acting from the professor, maybe in this intro scene wasn't all that bad, but when he's like talking about the Necronomicon later, Mm -hmm. uh, it was like listening to a sophomore in the high school drama. I thought, Uh, like you know, the senior starts to get a little better at acting, and he's maybe okay. But you know, the sophomore finally has a speaking part. He's a little nervous. He's just a few lines, but he's like, it's like he was reading dialogue from a novel. (laughs) That's 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 the way I got this guy's delivery of his lines. Yeah, and I guess that I, you know, I, the one piece of trivia they had in IMDb is that it was very difficult to cast this this character. I guess. Okay. They they had too many people who were acting too extroverted. I guess, and they they actually, you know, suggested a, an archetype of of this one Fangoria writer. Uh, and they said, just just cast that that, and that guy actually sent in a uh, uh, audition for it. Obviously, he didn't get it because this is a, this is a different guy. But the guy who did get this, and I'm not gonna say his name or anything, but he he just did, he was like the worst actor in this movie. And I thought he really he really took it down a notch. Actually, I I, I thought that his bad acting wasn't really. You know, enjoyably bad. No, it was distracting and kind of took me out of it a little when, bit. When it <laughs> takes you out of the movie at a pivotal point in the plot, right? That's bad. I agree, and and that's why I mention it because, like, it, it, like I said, usually in horror movies, I just overlook the bad acting, and I can say, well, whatever. You know, this is a horror movie. It's not like this isn't the this is not. I'm not watching this to get some sort of Oscar performance. No. You know, uh, you rarely get that in horror. I mean, Silence of the Lambs, that kind of thing. That's one thing. And there's great, there's some great performances in in horror movies. Not to say that it has to be like, you know, adult film acting or something like that. Right. But uh, sometimes somewhere it is about that bit. Somewhere in between. Yeah, it's somewhere in between, you know. But uh, this guy did distract, and and I think I feel like if this cat character was cast properly, he would have been the best character in the movie because he played an integral part in the plot. Absolutely. And he he had some great things to say and I think he was an interesting character. Uh-huh. Like if this was a novel, this would be one of the most interesting parts of the novel, you know. Right. Uh but this guy just like his delivery was hackneyed and and his, you know, I don't know that he had the right presence for the role either. Well, you and know? you talked about enjoying the last 20 minutes of the movie. That's where he played a big part. He did play a big part there. And, yeah. I don't, and it's I don't like know. He kept, he kept taking the acting up. 
as as he went up to an eleven, mm-hmm. and the acting kind of maintained of. Of, of being poor mm-hmm. it just made it that much worse I agree I, I really think he was a detriment to this movie and, and I and I say that only because you know it, it has to be a pretty serious offense for me to say that because oh, yeah. uh, like I said horror community is small I don't uh, this guy's gonna kick my ass at a convention someday or <laughs> maybe something, but, just stay away but, from the castle free table <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll have to do that now but I, I really do think that um that maybe they should have looked a little longer for uh, for the casting in this part because I really do think uh, this could have been a good, a really great role for somebody. I agree. I so. agree. Uh-huh. Um, you want to hit her that you liked? Sure. It, there's nothing like really, really memorable for me. I mean, the the couple of things hey. that I remember are like the <laughs> the phallic things tentacles tentacle porn yeah that would yeah it's full of tentacle porn we'll we'll talk about that in a second but i didn't really think any of the kills were all that good actually um i guess kelly kelly got or yeah uh shelly shelly yeah Yeah, i mean when she she got got killed by the freak yeah when she got her neck 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 broken and 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 part of her breast eaten yeah so the only the only kill i thought was really good in this movie was john's when he got his head smushed Oh, he yeah, got his head crushed by the, the freak crushes his head yeah, or whatever. Just puts the foot on. Oh, yeah. Cause, yeah, she 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 gets her or uh, Rebecca smashes it in or takes a swing at him, knocks him out. And that, then, you know, that was really the that was really the memorable kill in the movie that I thought was OK. It was pretty well done. Yeah. Um, and then the freak kills the two friends, slashes one's throats and disembowels another one. One like this. Yeah. And that was that was a with, throwaway. That was a terrible. Those are bad kills. Yeah, actually. they were. They were. They and were they were not, bad deaths, too, because they were like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, and shaking. Yeah, exactly. And of course, the doctor we talked about, it was gross, but not gross enough. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. You know, they, I don't know that the gore and the kills in this are necessarily the memorable thing or the like gross part that parts that I like. I mean, so, the, yes, at the end, there's this like, um, well, first of all, let's let's talk about the uh, the, the sex scene with uh, Shelly. OK, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is where you just where, I don't know. This is where I realized, I guess, that the uh, that the freak was a girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so laid I'll out preface me. this I, by saying that that John and Rebecca end up almost making up a little bit and they 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 do their thing. Yeah, right. And like it's a, a little bit like, earlier. And I, I, I hesitate to even enjoy this after knowing the history of this uh, of this studio, but it's a good sex scene. Like, it's it's a pretty decent sex scene. Like, I, the I, the freak is looking I, at them, and I was that's a little creepy. I was like, I didn't need to see this. And, and apparently the freak is... Uh, taking care of her business because that's what we find out yeah right um, no i like the sex scene i thought it was a good sex sound scene. and it was there was wow. yeah and, and i didn't so i i wasn't perceptive enough to understand that that was what was going on with the freak um, you have the sound system i've got i know i know i know i know and i should and i should have paid maybe i wasn't paying enough attention but yes like the sex scene with uh rebecca i'm sorry it's claire isn't it no rebecca rebecca okay rebecca her, her, and her real name is claire 
Oh, is that what I'm thinking? Okay. Yeah, Rebecca and uh, and John, it's, it's pretty hot. And then, you know, the freak is watching and stuff. And then there's this freak masturbating scene. And I like the freak masturbating scene. I thought it was pretty, that was some good kind of memorable grossness. Yeah, it disturbed me for you know? sure. I mean, they, and, and there's a similar scene in the Castle Freak 1995 movie where there's some masturbation for the I freak going so. on. And it's, it's been a that's while like, this is actually pretty good. It was actually one of the better parts of the movie. <laughs> you know, when you think about it, now knowing what you know about I, the freak, I think. Yeah, it, I think. I think. Yeah, I, I get it because it was disturbing to me, so it was memorable. So I'm not gonna. I, I would say yeah, but the the scene itself, I was like, okay, whatever. I mean, show whatever you need to. I thought I, it was again, a good, this director like it was a well done sex scene. Now again, I preface that by saying this: the studio has had some problems and has been very creepy about exactly, doing sex but, scenes. And that's, but, that, that, that that's what takes me out of it is that you got these lingering shots. You know, Glenn mm-hmm. Danzig had a vision of his own graphic <laughs> novel, and, and yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not, and I'm I'm giving him credit here. No, 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 I know. He, he he had his own vision of what to bring his graphic novel to life. Mm-hmm. But these guys are trying to compare, uh, they're trying to remake, and, and I put a little blame on Barbara Crampton of not stepping in and saying, well, listen, maybe you're lingering on this too much because the sex scene itself is too long. Yes, I think it's disturbing that the that the castle freak is you know behind a wall <laughs> peeping through on these people having sex. And then yeah. when you find out who she's she is related to, it makes it even worse. Okay, looking through the lens of this studio's problems and some of the things they've put their actresses through in sex scenes, yeah. this is very problematic. But taken on its own, you take it out of that I, I'm, I, I'm I, I didn't have any problems with this with the uh, sex scene. I, I thought it, I thought I didn't think it was excessive or anything like I that. Did. Necessarily. I did. I thought it lingered too much. I mean, because it All was right. a longer scene. But the freak is watching this, and I think that's the whole point. Yeah, like that, we, but that was they could have they could have just dwindled it. No, I'm not saying like just oh them like on top of or her on top of him and then cut. You know, yeah. Okay establish something but it just went for me it went too long alright and I didn't have but, the same problem with it but I like the way it established taken on its own you know that the castle freak is is a freak you know more ways than one and gonna sit there and watch her sister <laughs> do this yeah you're right yeah, you know the freak is a freak apparently more than, in more ways than she, what I like that she knew that that was her sister. So doesn't that disturb you even That's more? That's true. She did. That is really disturbing. Yes. I mean, and I have this orgasm scene, masturbating scene, whatever, with the freak. It's great. I think it's gross and shocking and weird. My mom would have made me shut this off if she saw me when I, you know, I, when I was twelve, like my neighbor, uh, was, if I was watching this. And this is why I watch horror for weird stuff like this, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, but then we 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 have another sex scene in this movie. We do with uh, Shelley, who's. Now, John's character takes a turn here because he has been kind of, he has been reformed and he's trying to stay on the straight and narrow for, the, for Rebecca, right? Yeah, well, exactly right. Now, here, here's what John was before. Mm-hmm. He was a flirty guy. I don't yeah. get the impression that he cheated. Yeah, no, I don't either. Her. Yeah, I get this. I, get, At I would the agree. party. I, I get because, you know, it was a stat. And this is the only kind of character development that you get between John and, and Rebecca is... You know, John was kind of a flirty guy. Right. He was a he was a party dude. He liked to drink all the time. He was kind of life of the party that, you know, yeah. could outlast anybody at a party. Um, 
Shelly was established as just somebody that had a crush on him. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Well, I think she's kind of like this temptress. It's 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 a rather sexist uh, trope, I think. She but becomes that when she gets to the castle. No, wasn't she kind of like? Well, she was. He was talking to her. Yeah, because they were just talking and sharing a cigarette and having a beer together or whatever. I guess. And then you know, then they had that really dumb conversation, and then you know, cut to the um, the the accident into the yeah. castle. No, she she almost made like she had almost her kind of own character arc where she seems like she's just there to hang out and she just likes having friends because she 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 goes, I'm gonna go freshen up and then she grabs a bottle of wine or a glass of wine and then she's just like Lord John, Lord John. And then you're like okay, so she has a crush on John. Yeah, obviously she has some sort of schemes on John or likes him in some way and wants like to. more than more oh, than yeah. a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, uh I think uh, yeah, I really do think she had some sort of scheme on him and and really wanted to uh uh pull him away from Rebecca. Well, he ends up doing uh, that because and she does, yeah. Because John John's having kind of his own mental breakdown out here, maybe because he's just fighting the temptation because his friends had just gotten there with all these drugs and right. everything else. So, so he's going through his own little crisis thing, you know, and she's almost a big peer pressure. Uh, uh, you know, Rebecca and John just almost become, they almost break up or it seems like they do because she yeah. runs off with the professor trying to figure out the book and, and where her family's from and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And yeah, okay. Then it, that leads into temptation. Um, Shelly takes John up to the room and they do it. Yeah, right. Exactly. And they're interrupted. Well, so he's blindfolded during this. With her, with panties. her panties, and he's tied up, basic instinct style, on this bed. Yeah, th- this just he's happens to up, have shackles say. on the bed, yeah. which is hmm, okay. Yeah, and they, you know, they they dismiss it as like you know uh, Rebecca's mom was really freaky or something. And actually, I'm sure it was. This is where the freak was chained, right? I mean, isn't that what this was? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So the freak shows up um, and kills um, kills Shelley. Kills Shelley. Twists her neck and then yeah. bites her breast. Somehow uh, he's does not notice this or does not understand what's going on. He's in the throes of passion. Right. And we see the freak's genitalia. We know now that the freak is definitely a woman. And I guess that was that was a shocking scene for me and maybe I should have seen it coming because I think we're told that um are are we told prior to this that that it's, you know, the sister or whatever? Just before this. Aren't we there were two sisters born. One was born of the Creature, one right. was born normal. So I should have known by now that this this shouldn't have been a shock, but it was a bit of a shock to me. I was like, "Well, I guess he's not going to be ripping his junk off in this one." Nope. Because I was kind that was kind of one of the reasons, one of the things I was waiting to see in this movie was if he if he rips his genitalia off because genitalia off because that was a big thing, <laughs> you know, big debate about the first one. Well, she's obviously not going to do that. She gets on top of John and finishes the job. Correct. Shelly started, <laughs> which is gross and shocking. Gross. It's really disgusting and shocking. And I liked that scene because it was, it was the kind of gross, shocking stuff I wanted to see in this, you know, it was, and you know, the, <laughs> did you know that we the, see the genitals of the freak, but it is not, it is not something you really want to see. No, no, you really don't. <laughs> Because it has other things attached. To yeah, it there's out out of nowhere. There is uh, it is it is shocking and gross. And 
really that's what I want to see in the cast of Freak. It should be shocking and gross. And, and it's a memorable scene. Let's let's uh, let's see, be honest. I, I, and again, you know, I don't look for those and they, you know, I'm I'm indifferent to them. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I, I think for that, that was shocking and gross. Oh, yeah. You're just like, ooh, because that's what the first one kind of established. Yeah. You know, throughout this whole part of the movie, like after the friends get there and night comes and they're kind of drinking and stuff, there's some really bad cinematography. I noticed that. Did you see the shakiness? There was a lot of dash cams that were like. Yeah, and there there was a lot of like they they were doing these moon shots that were supposed to be like really like uh, artsy or something where like the moon was like a pinpoint up in the air, you know, and there's this like this like medieval wall with this pinpoint of a moon up there. Mm. Like just get after effects and, you know, put in a decent looking moon into this thing. Now, that that being said, there was some really great cinematography when they first got there oh yeah uh and she's walking around with marku yes that was great so that was like they sh- they were shooting the castle with those two were walking around the castle the sun was behind them or whatever yeah. that was great great cinematography and then it panned it panned around as they were walking and it so the camera came behind them and you saw the rolling hills and the yeah. rocks and the yeah, mountains it was of albania great it was great that, that looked was good. great it looked really really good and then it went to this and it, it looked terrible so i don't know if this is like a second unit person who was their first job or didn't know what they were doing or what but it, there was like a stark contrast to the way that they were filming this castle in some of these shots like some were just brilliant it was like maybe they only had a license to film in this certain area for a couple of days and all the rest needed to be done in a studio i I don't know what happened there but uh there were there were definitely some shots that were brilliant there were definitely some shots that was like why are we looking at this right now this is uh, like it was obviously making an attempt to be artsy or something and it just just was not good I will also say this is the second best movie that we've watched recently with a guy wearing a Miskatonic University shirt. <laughs> really? I didn't even notice that. Colorado Space, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the, you know, the professor had a Miskatonic University okay. shirt on underneath the button-up, yeah. I wonder if they shared it. <laughs> it, was, it was a little different than the hydrologist, so. Um, the characters make some stupid choices in this movie that are just like eye rolling you know they actually say let's split up we can cover more ground true <laughs> it's totally it and and uh when those two guys get killed very weakly oh, yeah. um it one of them has Jones a gun <laughs> one of them has a gun right doesn't even shoot it doesn't yeah. even shoot it well he does shoot it though and, and like he shoots it off into the air he yeah, doesn't shoot he gets, the freak when he gets whipped in the neck and yeah and it's it's like it does not sound like a gunshot at all it doesn't even sound like a 22 like, yeah it sounds like a cap going off <laughs> it's it's not it, it, I was like who is the where's the Foley artist in this movie <laughs> because they should have replaced that with with some sort of actual real gunshot sound so yeah there's uh then there's some real tentacle porn in this thing yeah. uh, I mean there's some tentacle porn when the professor is killed which I guess that was an okay kill it was kind of gross and weird and again what I'm looking for uh, it, like they show the mom getting impregnated and that one was that's almost like a hentai or something you know uh, it's I thought, so like weird. I thought that was uh, like to me that was more effective I mean again it felt it felt uncomfortable it was gross you know the guy had blood coming out of his mouth mm-hmm. and his face covered up in some medieval like blindfold or something like that yeah yeah um and, and then he falls over for no reason. Right. <laughs> Which made me laugh because he's like, he, he's like, oh, 
Yeah, Boom. fell over. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was kind of funny. You know what? You know what I'm kind of tired of hearing is these uh, when a character's hit in the head. Uh, I think Rebecca gets uh, hit in the head. And there's this high pitched noise for concussions. That's not what a concussion sounds like. I've had a concussion. It doesn't it's like this high, like uh, like uh, almost like the uh, I don't know the uh, the the uh, camera noise in in uh, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh, the, or something. It's like really this sharp whine. Yeah, the that's not what a concussion sounds like. But anyway, <laughs> you, homework, you get one of those. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so then the final scene, there's this um, birthing of Yog Sothoth. Isn't that how you say his name? Sothoth. Yeah. The birthing of Yog Sothoth. And, you know, this is probably a better scene than I give it credit for. Uh, it's gross. It's very disgusting. Uh, weird as hell mm-hmm. but at this point in the movie I was just ready for it to be done and I was I kind of ro- rolled my eyes at this scene um, you know we see we see what the gate is that they've been talking about the professor like asks the freak if he can see the gate mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which now that I see what the gate is <laughs> it's a, the, the gate that Yog Sothoth comes through um, that that makes that like way weirder and grosser mm-hmm. you know um because obviously Yog, so there's this birth of Yog Sothoth at the end of this, and uh, his eye is peering from the birth canal, which is the <laughs> gate, for lack of a better term, the birth canal, which is Rebecca. coming out of Rebecca. His eye looks out of there, and then he, there's, she gives like birth to this like octopus-looking thing, which is you know very Lovecraftian. Mm. Uh, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm not you know the the whole Lovecraft part of this, I guess, is. Uh, Really, Stuart Gordon is the Lovecraft link here. This isn't a Lovecraft story. This isn't like a short story by H.P. Lovecraft or anything like that. Mm. Obviously, Reanimator is an actual story that you know. Um, uh, and but how how this came about uh, was that uh, Stuart Gordon was in Charles Band's office, the producer of this film and the 1995 film. Mm-hmm. Stuart Gordon was in his office, noticed a, po- a poster entitled Castle Freak. There's this like, uh, and, and I'm just going to read from Wikipedia here because they, they tell this story pretty good. Gordon was in Charles Band's office and noticed a poster entitled Castle Freak with a Quasimodo-like man chained to a wall being whipped by a woman. When Gordon asked about it, Band replied, well, that's a castle and there's a freak. Band said he had no script, but if Gordon wanted it, he could do whatever he wanted with the idea, as long as he maintained the concepts of a castle and a freak. Gordon made the film for about $500,000. That's the 1995 one. When asked why he was prompted to make another low-budget film, Gordon responded that it would be his first film since Reanimator that he could release without a rating. He was given a final cut on the film, and he had the ability to cast whoever he wanted, stating, even though the budget was tiny, I had complete control. So that's how Castle Free came about. He he created Castle Free. Mm-hmm. This isn't like a Lovecraftian story, and all the Lovecraft elements of it, he added... So I think it, I think it was sh- loosely based on the outsider. Yeah, there's there's like it's loosely based on this, but you know if you if you know what that and I've read the synopsis of that story, it's nothing yeah. really. Like it's about a guy who is in a dungeon, and he comes out of the dungeon, and everybody's like freaked out who sees him. And then he finds right. Mir, and he's like just right. transformed so, so, into this creep. And that's kind of and I guess I'll probably do this with my rating, but you know. 
God, you got to base this movie off of that. I mean, there's not a whole lot to go off of. You didn't have to take the name Castle Freak. I mean, well, I think I think it was similar enough. You know what? I, I I'll give it that. I think it was similar enough to merit the Castle Freak name All right. as a as a reboot. But why, why didn't you think so? Why? Well, tell me why. Why? It disappointed I mean, it, me so so much that that it's like like when movies are getting rebooted. You want to see something a little superior or, or at least equal to what you saw. You, we, we've talked about Phantasm mm-hmm. numerous times, and we both got a lot of enjoyment. Maybe more you more so than I oh, I love and Phantasm. Same Obviously. with Castle Freak. Yeah. I wasn't introduced to Castle Freak until two years ago when, mm-hmm. when you had talked about that movie and you said, listen, you got to watch this movie. you got to review this movie because yeah. it is bizarre, but it is fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's got Jeffrey Combs in it. It's got Barbara mm-hmm. Crampton. A whole oh hey by the way, Stuart Gordon directed it. And it's like hell yeah, I'm down for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I give them credit for trying to do something different with this, but there was just a lot of fluff, okay. not a lot of continuity, and then the end, the last twenty minutes that you figure out is all this Lovecraft stuff. This is this is what's causing the castle freaking. This whole town is this cult. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it didn't hit me right. I'm just like, okay, so you guys are just having sex for no reason, and you guys are what? So I disagree. I, I feel like this is a worthy successor, worthy reboot of the Castle Freak, uh, the 1995 Castle Freak. As a fan of the of the 1995 Castle I like Freak, the original I will too. say, you know, I like the the original. I think this is a good movie as well. I feel like it has a place, and it is a worthy reboot of Castle Freak, and it does honor to the original. Um, and I feel like the grossness, the and yes, it, it's overly long. It need it needs editing. I think there were some you know budgetary uh, casting problems. Like we they just didn't have the budget to get the actors they needed to pull some of this off. Okay, but the story itself, I don't think I don't think the story itself is necessarily poor or or bad and i think Stuart gordon given the budget would have maybe made something more like this in 1995 but that's the thing andy i mean i i hear you say that all the time you're talking about budgets and you know having such a shoestring budget you can't do this but a guy like Stuart gordon had the opportunity he he, he took what in 1995 would have been a, a blumhouse budget or even mm-hmm. less than what a blumhouse budget was yeah. and make something better you know um, you know, Blumhouse being able to do that, if it was 1995 to 97, it would be similar to what you know, what uh, Stuart Gordon had. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like like it, it, it's, it's not an excuse anymore. I mean, it's it's like I get that you, you can't afford your Leonardo DiCaprio's, but you don't need to, because back in the day. Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton and and Jamie Lee Curtis weren't the actors that they were. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can tell you that uh, I'm sure this was filmed on a on a Blumhouse budget. And you could definitely make a decent movie on a Blumhouse budget. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. So th- 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 we should probably wrap it up yeah, here. Uh, but, but so tell me, tell me, tell me your overall impression of the film. What's your rating on this? Oh, boy. Okay. I'm going to say I, I really dislike the acting. I was taking a lot out of the plot itself. Um, 
I didn't hate the acting. I really, really disliked the professor character, just like you did. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the Rebecca character. The John character was eh. everybody else was a throwaway. It I agree. I like, agree. Yeah, I they're, the they're Mar- there for Marku character. He was yeah, shady, I did too, but he sure. was also like you mm-hmm. know playing both sides of the field or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I like those two characters. I liked. Um, you know the way the freak was set up I didn't like the payoff at all you know it just mm-hmm. seems to me it was just and maybe it's just that Lovecraft you know paranormal thing that he does with you know with these ideas of monsters it just doesn't draw me in I'm gonna say if you're a fan of Castle Freak you're gonna like this movie I it's okay I'm not gonna say it's a bad movie it's okay mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a two Okay, that's fair. So I did like the professor character. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a lot of potential in the castle, uh, professor character. I feel like the actor who played the professor totally Whip. messed it up. With you know, so I thought the character, the professor character itself was was good. I thought the story here was decent, especially if you're a Lovecraft fan. I think I think or a fan of Stuart Gordon. I mean, you are a Stuart Gordon fan, right? I am. I yeah, am. Uh, and you didn't you didn't find that great? Well, uh, well see, I wouldn't give Castle Freak uh, the original uh, any more than a three. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't. No, I would agree. I, I think it's like a three, and and that's what we're talking about here. Is is does this really does this measure up to the original this is not a classic it's never gonna neither i don't think castle freak really is is a classic but you know it's a memorable horror film that i remember from the 90s is is it going is like today's generation really going to get a lot of the original castle freak probably not but you know castle freak should be gross i think this is sufficiently gross if you're looking for that which i was Mm -hmm. i wanted to see some gross stuff here i wanted to see some shocking stuff I wanted to see some like weird things. This movie gave me all of that. None of the kills are great except John's smushed head. Um, I think the birthing scene would have been good and more impactful if I wasn't just waiting for the movie to be over at that point. Yeah. Uh, I think there's some good sex scenes, but again, I debate whether I should enjoy them or not considering the movie studios problems. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I think this is about as good as the first one, and I think it is a worthy successor, or worthy you know reboot of it. Um, I think the original has really been elevated by things like my nostalgia goggles. That debate on a different podcast about you know whether Giorgio, the original Castle freak, ripped off his genitals or not. Um, I think this is okay. It's too long. It's too much Lovecraft. If you aren't a fan of Lovecraft, mm-hmm. I think if you like Lovecraft, you might really get a kick out of this. And the acting from at least one character is really abysmal. Okay, I give it two and a half stars. Two and a half. All right, there you go. Uh, next week, oh, I'm so looking forward to this. We're actually going to be releasing it next weekend because we've got an interview. Finally, I've harassed him enough. Of Gags the Clown director Adam Krause. Awesome. We're uh, going to be chatting with him. We'll get it up later in the weekend coming up uh, January 22nd. Atrium, the deadliest film ever made, Andy. I'm looking forward to that one. And speaking of Andy, we're going to have uh, Andy from Straight Chillin' Podcast join us and we're going to wrap up the month. Uh, one of my top picks for 2020 anything from anything for Jackson. That's right. That that looks awesome. I'm yeah, excited yeah. about that one. It is it's a lot of fun to watch. All right, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or listen to us wherever you get your podcast. We are worldwide. Go like us on all of our social medias. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will talk to you next week.